Well, just a few days ago, I looked at some of you right in the eye, spread ash on your forehead, and said, Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And so began the season of Lent. It was an acknowledgement of our creatureliness, our finite existence, and therefore our complete and utter dependence upon the grace and mercy of God. Without dirt, there, there is no us. Without God, there is no us. We're just dirt animated by God's life-giving breath. That's how Genesis 2 paints a picture of God as creator, as a gardener, in, knees in the soil, holding dirt close enough to God to breathe into it God's breath. Really, Lent starts with dirt and the potential it holds for life. New life. Resurrection life. At the end of Lent, when we gather on Easter to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, we read about Jesus bursting out of a garden tomb. The first fruit of God's new creation. Jesus in John's Gospel is mistaken by Mary for the gardener. Hmm. Maybe she was kind of right. Lent is a season that starts with dirt and ends with new resurrection life. Maybe Lent is like a garden. The word Lent comes from the old Anglo-Saxon word lengthen, meaning lengthen or extend, and refers to the lengthening days of spring, the season when it seems like the whole world turns into a garden, when perhaps we're outside beginning to cultivate our own gardens or yard, preparing for, for growth and, and life to happen. It's a 40-day period representing the time period Jesus spent in the wilderness, enduring temptation and preparing for His ministry. It's a time of turning toward God and away from the things that keep us from God. It's a season of self-examination in terms of our spiritual well-being where we try to focus in on our relationship with God and prepare for growth, extending ourselves toward God and toward our neighbor. And so this year, friends, I want to invite us to imagine the season of Lent as a season of spiritual gardening. A season of spiritual gardening, inviting our gardening God to unearth in us, what lies fallow, what needs to be discarded, what needs to die, what needs to be tended and cultivated and planted for new life to emerge, for us to grow. We begin this morning by confronting the rocks that get in the way of flourishing in life. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us and transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading this morning from the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 14. Listen for God's word. Jesus returned from the Jordan River full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness 
There he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and afterward Jesus was starving. The devil said to him, Since you are God's son, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus replied, It is written, People won't live only by bread. Next, the devil led him to a high place and showed him in a single instant all the kingdoms of the world. The devil said, I will give you this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms. It's been entrusted to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Therefore, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it's written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil brought him into Jerusalem and stood him at the highest point of the temple. He said to him, If you're God's son, throw yourself down from here, for it's written he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. Jesus answered, It's been said, Don't test the Lord your God. After finishing every temptation, the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Jesus was baptized in the rivers, uh, uh, in the waters of the River Jordan. And the voice of his Father in heaven declared, You are my Son, my beloved, and you I am well pleased. Identity conferred and identity confirmed. And now Jesus, immediately after, is in the wilderness experiencing temptation, and the voice of the tempter says, If you are God's Son, Identity questioned and challenged. This wilderness experience for Jesus is all about deciding what kind of son, what kind of Messiah he will be. Just as it's clear from the start when Jesus is baptized who he is, so it is clear that this identity as God's beloved will be confronted and challenged by the forces of evil. These temptations are an attempt to stand in the way of, to undercut the life and identity of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus' identity is the soil from which Jesus' life and ministry will grow. And this story is about Jesus' faithfulness in the face of what seeks to thwart God's purposes. He, He confronts them and casts them to the side like Unwanted rocks in a garden. Last year, we we decided to upgrade our backyard patio. We'd inherited a nice patio, but it was made of deck board. And so um, eventually it has started to to rot and and get and get wet under underneath. So we hired someone to install a um, a patio made of pavers. Now, in order to put in this new patio, They had to excavate our our yard a little bit more. They had to dig it down a little bit, level it out. Not to worry, no problem, I said, because I had made some new planters for our garden, and they were much bigger, and and they needed to be filled with dirt anyway. So I told our landscaper, you know, just put that excavated dirt in these new planters, these new garden boxes, new garden boxes. And he did. Well, what I discovered was that there were a lot, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of rocks in that dirt. This was not the bag of topsoil you get from Lowe's. There were a lot of rocks in that dirt. So my gardens were not just full of nice, loose dirt topsoil. They were full of hard rocks. 
There were even clumps of what I thought were just like, you know, hard-packed dirt. Nope, they were rocks too. Rocks in disguise, very sneaky. Which, of course, is a problem if you're trying to grow things. Rocks can be barriers to plants. They, they make it hard for things to grow. So before I could plant anything in those raised beds, I had to deal with the rocks that were in the soil. They didn't look this pretty. I had to deal with the rocks in the soil. I had to find and clear them out so that what I planted could come through the dirt, through the ground so the garden could flourish. Jesus confronted rocks too. He, he ran up against temptations that could have been barriers to him growing into the Messiah he was called to be. God's people, Israel, had run up against them in their own wilderness experience and they had failed miserably, turning away from God, complaining, wishing they could go back to Egypt, trusting in, in short-term relief rather than long-term wholeness and, and life. So now Jesus, as Israel's Messiah, attempts to cast aside what Israel had allowed to remain, to stay. After 40 days of fasting, after 40 days of preparation and time with God, Jesus hears over the, the groaning of his stomach. Hey, you see, you see those stones over there, right? You know, if you're God's son, if you're really God's son, you could, you could easily turn them into bread. This temptation, this, this rock is the temptation of, of selfish appetite and self-service, of allowing an immediate desire for something to take over for the desire for God and the trust in God's satisfying provision and love. Like, this looks good. I want it for me now, no matter whether or not it pulls me away from God or not. But even in his hunger, remember he's fasted for 40 days. Even in his hunger, Jesus is faithful. And he, he casts that, cast that rock to the side by tapping into the scriptures. People, people won't only live by bread alone. Then another temptation. You, you see this beautiful spread of all the kingdoms on earth. They're, they're yours, Jesus. All the power, yours. Worship me. They're yours. The, the whole works. This, is, this one is all about the gain of power by compromise. Ambition at all costs. The ends justifying the means. Split allegiances. Jesus will, in fact, receive all the power and all the glory, but only through obedience unto death on a cross. Allegiance to His Father in heaven and the values that come through His identity as the Beloved One, not the Evil One. Once again, Jesus confronts this rock and, and throws it to the side. Worship the Lord your God and serve God only. Serve Him with absolute single-heartedness. One final time. Jesus is faced with temptation. Jesus is taken to the highest point of the temple. Hey, Jesus, why, why not create a little spectacle uh, and put your little special relationship to the test? Jump off here. I mean, if you're, if you're God's son, like, isn't it written that he, He's placed you in the care of angels to protect you and they'll catch you and you won't as much stub your, your toe on a stone, plus people will cheer for you? In other words, prove your identity by doing something spectacular so others will clap for you. God will save you from death. 
And so for a final time, Jesus is faithful. He, he, he casts that rock to the side when He says, it's also written, don't you dare test the Lord your God. Once again, He's tapped in, into His identity as God's Son, as Israel's Messiah. Because Jesus' identity is the soil from which Jesus' life and ministry will grow. And so the rocks have to go. The same is true with us, friends. Our identity in God is the soil from which new life grows. Our identity in God is the soil from which new life grows. God designed us to experience abundant life, to be fruitful in our faithfulness to God. And so like Jesus, we have to confront, we have to to toss aside the stones, the rocks, the temptations in the garden of our lives that seek to get in the way of growth and new life and flourishing. Because here's the thing, if we've heard God's voice telling us who we are, if we've heard God's voice welcoming us as God's beloved children, we will also hear the whispered voices of the enemy. We, we may not face exactly the same temptations that Jesus did. We may not be asked or tempted to turn stones into bread or to, to get up on the top of VCR and jump off or be offered in all the kingdoms of the world in exchange for allegiance to the devil. But we will face the temptation to satisfy our every immediate appetite. Instant gratification over eternal satisfaction. The things that we crave that end up controlling us. Addiction to drugs or pornography or food or material things. We will face the temptation of selfish ambition. Trying to achieve what God wants to give. The pressure to make gains by any means necessary doing the right things for the wrong reasons, trading our first allegiance to God for an allegiance to a a nation, an institution, a company, a brand of politics, an ideological tribe we know is not who we are. We will face the temptation of of affirmation, seeking approval from from others instead of God, trying to secure our, our identity and what other people say about us, How many likes we get on a Facebook page comparing ourselves to other people. A quick self-examination of ourselves and our our world reveals just how many rocks there are in the garden. We see all these things on full display. We turn on the TV right now and we are confronted with what happens when someone tries to secure power through violence, taking what one wants, even at the expense of human life, where the worship of war and weapons and military might supplants God. We may not be Putin, but you're telling me you don't secretly love power too? You don't like control? There are rocks in the soil. I mean, how, how else do you explain, not just Ukraine, but the violence? in our own country, systemic racism, the bitter division in our nation? How else do you explain frazzled families trying to keep up with the Joneses more than keep up with God? I look at my own life and see rocks trying to get in the way of my identity in Christ 
the need to compare myself with others, the need to control, the desire for something spectacular at the expense of celebrating and and giving thanks for the small things that God does and is doing, measuring my happiness day to day by by how many uh, likes a post got, how much affirmation or, or how much I achieved, checked off my list. Make no mistake, there are rocks in the soil of our lives. There are temptations that we face that ultimately have the same aim as with Jesus, preventing us from being who God created us to be. Seeking to thwart the flourishing and the life that God wants to happen in us. And so we cultivate, we we cultivate new life by clearing away rocks, by, by standing strong in the face of temptations and things that seek to thwart what God is planting. We can learn from Jesus how to be strong and how to face them. And most of all, most of all, the good news is we can rely on the power that comes from Jesus' faithfulness to help us. Because the one who was tempted is also the one who was crucified and risen and now who lives with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is with us to give us that power. As Hebrews reminds us, he's able to help those who are being tempted because he himself experienced suffering when he was tempted. He's able to help us. At the heart of our confronting and discarding the rocks of temptation is love and faithfulness to the God who has already called us beloved in Christ. It's tuning into the, to the voices and the spaces and the practices that remind us who we are. Just like Jesus in the wilderness. So when we, we, when we encounter the rock of appetite in the garden of our lives, we can look to Jesus and, and toss it to the side by perhaps fasting from something small. As Dallas Willard said, say no to things that you can so that you can say no to the things that you can't. Say no to the things that you can so that you can learn to say no to the things that you can't. Or we can discover that deeper pleasure and that deeper satisfaction in the riches of God's Word and the wonders of worship. Whatever allows us to say with Jesus, we don't live by bread only. God gives us what we need. When we encounter the rock of of selfish ambition, we can look for Jesus for strength and, and toss it to the side by choosing to lose for the sake of others. By finding ways to promote the success of others. By letting go of control. By creating space for Sabbath where we don't worry about productivity or success or achievement, but instead rest and trust in God's plan for us. Whatever allows us to say with Jesus, worship and serve the Lord God only, because serving God is true power. And when we encounter the rock of of affirmation and, and attention we can count on Jesus for strength and, 
and toss it to the side by, by spending time in prayer with the one who has already affirmed us. Or by doing things in secret where no one has a chance to clap. By taking time away from social media and TV. Whatever allows us to say with Jesus, do not tempt God. I'm already loved. Soon many of us will begin to cultivate our our own gardens, preparing them to, to grow something beautiful. This season of Lent, God wants to do that with us too. Cultivate in us, prepare us to grow something beautiful. Just like we may have to to remove some rocks from the soil of our gardens and toss them to the side, we may need to remove some rocks from the soil of our lives too for new life to take hold. And so may we find the strength from the presence of the one who overcame temptation, the one who knew who he was and who tells us who we are, to see the rocks for what they are, to toss them to the side. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.